It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. All right, we got a big argument going on with our visitors to the Pike Nursery up on Johnson Ferry Road in East Cobb. The question on my Trivial Pursuit, Baby Boomer Trivial Pursuit questions we asked during the break for people to win valuable prizes. And the question is, what was Lucy's last name on the Lucy Show? And Mickey's saying it's McGillicuddy, and others are saying, no, it's Arnez. Somebody else says it's Lucille Ball. And the answer that I see on here is Carmichael. Carmichael. Yeah, the Lucy show was the last the last show that she was on. The later oh, one. All right, okay. now we've got that straightened okay. out. So no prize well, awarded for anybody. Right. 404-872-0750. <laughs> the number on Lawn and Garden, the numbers that David in Atlanta dialed just a few minutes ago. Now he's on the air. Hey, David, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm doing great. How can we help, David? I've got an area at the bottom of my yard. It slopes down to it, and it runs along the street, and it's about... Yeah maybe a thousand square feet of zoysia that does not very well at all after three years. It used to do pretty good, but it's getting worse yeah. every year. It's got a ton of all kind of weeds and it also has moles and bowls or whatever digging up under it. So I'm trying to figure out, do I stick with it or do I try and restart with fescue and when, when I would do that and do I saw it or see it or what? How much sunshine? That is the main question you have to answer before you know what sort of grass is best. So how much sunshine does the area get? Uh, I'd say maybe 25%. I mean, there's a big uh, tree, a bunch of trees that overhang it, so it doesn't get a lot. So in a day, how many hours do you think it's in full sun? Two. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Two hours. I've got several kibitzers here in our audience at Pike Nursery, and all of them shaking their heads going, uh-uh, David. Two hours of direct sun will not support any Turf grass, normal turf grass. Grass doesn't grow in the woods. Yeah, grass doesn't grow in the woods, but you guys weigh a little bit of wisdom right mm-hmm. there. Two hours of sunshine, David, you can plant fescue if you want to try something. It'll look great in the fall, in the winter, in the spring. And as soon as the tree leafs out and puts all that shade on it, fescue is going to, it's going to go down. That's the story. Well, which would probably be better than the zoysia I got, I guess. But Probably. <laughs> it would be a little bit better. Yeah, you're right. When, when, when and how should I execute that? Lordy, it is April already. What am I going to tell you to do? How I big mean, is the area? For the rest of the year. thousand I mean, square feet is what it says. You know, you could try planting, and you'd have to, I think, kill the zoysia dead to get the fescue to have all the advantages in life. But it's awful late to be planting fescue in April. Because you only have a few months or, you know, eight weeks maybe before it gets really hot in July and August. And the fescue, if it's not well-rooted, is going to say, mm, I'm out of here, David. Bye-bye. So, so my, my best... It, you do it? Yeah, my best advice, David, is simply to try to nurture the zoysia. you got it already there. Try to do your best with the zoysia until next fall and plant the fescue in fall. You'll be happier, I think, then. The fescue certainly will come up. It'll grow from September all the way through May. And so you've got, you know, at least eight or nine months of good-looking grass. And then the summertime, everybody's used to the blah look on fescue then. Do I need to sod it or would seeding be okay? I think in October, seeding would be fine. Okay. Very good. 
Ooh, David, with that much shade, though, one of these days you're going to come to the conclusion that mulch looks real pretty underneath or the trees covers. over there. Or ground, ground covers. covers. you got mondo grass and monkey grass and uh, ferns and azaleas and hostas and all sorts of plants that could grow there uh, better than a tree or better than grass could grow underneath that tree. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you, sir. Hey, David, it's great talking to you. Thanks for calling. 404-872-0750. I don't need to tell you those numbers. You know that already. Marty's in Hiram, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Marty, good morning. Hey, good morning, sir. Hey, my How can we help? Is, hello? Yeah, I hear you, Marty. Okay. My question is on uh, Boston Fern. My mom gave me a couple a couple of years ago, and I managed to kill both of those. Um, <laughs> I'm trying again, but uh, I've learned to just water on my life every three to four days. Uh, Good. Yeah. When, when do you feed them? Do they ever need uh, water soluble uh, fertilizer? Uh, yeah, I think I'd feed them once. I mean, Mickey, you could feed them in you know right now when they're about warm enough to be taken outside without freezing, and a little miracle grow wouldn't yes, hurt my feelings. Yeah, I think today's now's the time to fertilize. Okay, that's Keep what them I mean. In the shade, they don't like it. sun. Yeah, don't put them in full sun. They're not going to like that. Um, have right. you ever divided your Boston ferns, Marty? Taking the whack, or taking the bunch you got, you know, from last winter and divided them in the spring. Have you done that? I haven't. Yeah, these are new. I okay, just got them. All right. If they're new, then you don't have to worry so much about that. But what I've observed from one of my way down the street neighbors is that they have Boston ferns and they keep them on the front porch. They look great all year long, all summer long. And then in the fall, they take them inside. Right. I think it's in the garage or something. And uh, they lose a lot of the fronds. A lot of the things on the Boston fern don't look really good. But sometime in... April, about this time of year, I see that they have halved or sometimes even quartered the Boston fern that looks so ugly in the carport or in the, in the garage during the wintertime. And within a, three weeks or so, it is full, it is lush, it is full of fronds once again because they can, they can survive the winter inside if they have a little bit of light on them. But in the spring, they really do respond to being, to being divided and put into a place with some little bit of sunshine, and they do great for him. Okay, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Hey, Marty, thanks for calling. 404, I'm not going to repeat those numbers again. Let's go to Wanda instead. Wanda's way down in the boondocks down in Pike County. Hey, Wanda, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Uh, my husband built a barn, and we had a dogwood tree that was sitting right in front of where he's putting the door at. Right. So he took the backhoe, he dug the tree up with a good root ball on it, and just moved it about 40 feet away from where it was. Mm. Uh, but it's it's the the little branches and all on it, they're green inside, but it didn't do any it hadn't put on any leaves or anything. Is it just in shock or is it gonna die? <laughs> it's in severe shock, whatever it's in. Have you ever seen delayed dormancy though? Yes. That, that's what it sounds like. It, it is possible. Let's put it as possible, Wanda, now, that it will come out and have some leaves like on. February. He moved it in like February before. Yeah, that's, that's, good. that's fine. I still think you give it till May. Mickey's saying give it till May to make a final determination about whether like, it's alive or dead. I, I know I've seen this recently. A friend moved one mm-hmm. uh, or last year and it went into delayed dormancy and it was like July before but it was really? still alive. It would still you could move the branches, sure. you could scratch uh-huh. it, but no yeah, leaves. And um, it was like it was really it was in June or July, and it finally came out of dormancy. So, so Mickey votes as for, long as it's for, soft. Yeah, as long as the tissue is soft, as long as it seems to have some green underneath the bark when you scratch it. It does. Wait till after May, then delayed dormancy. The Mickey Gasway 
term may indeed be working on it. So let's okay. wait. Try some root wait. starter on it, too, when you move yeah, it. Yeah, I did that. that. Works a I lot. did the root good. starter because, you know, of him moving it. Right. Um, so I, it just concerned me. I thought, oh, no, he's killed the tree. <laughs> uh, and then you get to blame him for it. And then you have all sorts of no, discussions no. about who told him to move that dogwood tree with her. Call Walter over. back and tell him that it lived. Yeah, all right. If it lives, if it works, it, it does matter. have tell leaves on it, Wanda. Sometime okay. in June, call me back. Okay. All right. All right. We'll Thank get, you. We get all sorts of feedback on this show sometimes, showing how Walter did not know what he was talking about. On the other hand, I do know what a disease called Rose Rosette virus looks like. And a person brought a nice baggie in here to the Pike Nursery, which we took it out for a minute and put it back in the baggie because Pike has a lot of really pretty roses that do not have Rose Rosette virus on them. But uh, if you have a rose, I'll describe the symptoms. If you go out and see the rose as it's sprouting out this spring, if the tips of the branches look very, very, for lack of a better word, broomy. They just have lots and lots of little pink, reddish sprouts coming off the ends of the uh, rose limbs. And if you've had it for a couple of years, it'll be intensely thorny, just thorns everywhere you can see on the stem of the of the uh, rose. That is a disease called rose rosette virus. And the only, and I made my, made my audience member here cry for a minute when I said the only cause for it, or only cure for it, I mean, is to dig it up, put it in a plastic bag, and get it out of your landscape, hoping that the little mites that go from rose plant to rose plant don't carry it around. And that's why we put it back in the plastic bag here at Pike, because the mites are there. They could infect the roses at Pike, and we're trying to be very sanitary with this stuff. But it is a very big, dangerous disease on roses. And I hate to get a sample because I know that some neighbors around there might get it too. Look out. Look for that brooming on the end of the branches. Look for the reddish color to all the new sprouts on the plant. Look for excessive thorniness on there. That is rose rosette virus. And that will kill a rose and kill all the other roses in the neighborhood and in the landscape. So look out for that. Be sure you got it. Coming up in the next half hour, Linus in Monroe says his lawn company killed his Bermuda, and he wants to know what he should do now. Linda is in Canton, has a tomato variety. She needs a good recommendation for a slicing tomato, and Alan in Athens has weeds beneath the cypress trees. He needs some solutions to that as well. You can call us at 404-872-0750. Broadcasting live from the East Cobb Pike Nursery. We'll be back right after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. Well, the quick weather update from Ackerman Security reminding you it's going to be a gorgeous day. Highs around 79, lows tonight 50. 455, something like that. Partly cloudy all day long. Great day to get out in the garden. The first place to stop, though, if you need to get some ammunition for your gardening needs, is Pike Nursery. And we are right here broadcasting this morning from the East Cobb Pike Nursery at 2900 Johnson Ferry Road. The good folks of the East Lake Chick-fil-A have provided us Chick-fil-A sandwiches, chicken biscuits, I should say, this morning. And we're giving away some tickets to Verakey, the new Cirque du Soleil uh, performance in Atlanta as well by asking trivia questions of most everybody. We don't have a trivia question from Alan, but Alan has a problem. He wants to know about what to do about on his cypress trees. Hey, Alan, welcome to Lawn and Garden. Good morning. Hey, Alan, uh, yeah, what's going on? I've, I've got three pretty nice cypress, bald cypress trees in my front yard, and they, there are lots of knees underneath all three of them. 
Sure. And I've got a lot of weeds, and if I use my string trimmer, it tears up the knee pretty badly. Right. Is it, it, does that harm the tree, or sh- I mean, what, what should I do about that? <laughs> If you're going to harm the roots, and I have read articles about people who say, we just cut them off flush to the ground and the roots, you know, don't seem to do anything supportive for the, uh, for the tree. And so the roots can, can be gotten rid of. I just don't like that idea of cutting the roots away. And I sometimes think they're sort of pretty when you have roots underneath the ball cypress. So I don't think you need to use that string trimmer underneath there. How to control the weeds, you could... You know, spray some Roundup yeah. on a paintbrush and paint it off. You could uh, put on a rubber glove and then a cotton sock and put some Roundup on that and wipe it onto the weeds without doing the weed whacker trick on them. Okay. But bottom line, I think we leave. Hand, right? <laughs> yeah, we leave the knee, leave the knees alone on the cypress tree, even though we're still not sure at all what the heck they do for the tree. I don't think it's a good thing to go wholesale and knock them back or do anything like that. Let's go to the phones. we got who else is in here. Linda is out in Canton, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Linda, good morning. Good morning, Walter. I How listen I to your show every weekend. I'm originally from Kansas where my family got gardened, and I'm living here in Georgia now in Canton. I just want to do a little cook's garden, but yeah. I know that some tomatoes produce better than others. And the same with pepper plants. I would like to know what is the best slicing tomato plant, the best producer for Georgia, and the best producer of bell peppers. Now, in Kansas, the California Wonder, they produced large, beautiful peppers, but they didn't pr- produce very many. Hmm. Mickey Gasway, we got about a California minute. California Wonder is what I planted yesterday, and they do great for me. Any slicing tomatoes, anything? I like better boy. Better boy, just plain uh, if old. You, if, you, if you can rotate your crops, try some brandy wine. If you like the heirloom tomatoes, they're great. But there are a number of tomato varieties, yeah. and you see them at Pike, and, and you get the peppers as well. You know, I'm thinking, Vicki says she planted her peppers yesterday. I think it's a <laughs> little chilly. The soil is still a little chilly for pepper planting. Well, I don't know. Well, we'll see. All <laughs> we'll right, see. Mickey will tell me, and she'll see, tell up. me if I'm wrong or right. In a couple of weeks, we'll find out how the pepper plants do. Our number is 404-872-0750, broadcasting from the East Cobb Pike Nursery Store with Chick-fil-A biscuits right here for you. We'll be back right after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. Ah, that Chick-fil-A chicken biscuit has made a difference in the lives of the people here at the East Cobb Pike Nursery this morning where folks have arrived, they have eaten breakfast, and then they stuck around for the radio show as well and tickets that were given away to various events around Atlanta, the Cirque du Soleil, the Verakee performance. We've got some tickets for that. We've got WSB t-shirts. We have Southern Living Garden books we're giving away as well. If you want to join us, you can come by the East Cobb Pike Nursery. We still have plenty of Chick-fil-A biscuits for you. Or if you can call, call me at 404-872-0750. Mickey Gasway is here with me to answer the harder questions. Linus in Monroe joins us this morning. Linus, hey, good morning. How you doing? I'm doing fine, but you're not doing so good yourself, it doesn't sound like. No, no. I, I hired this company to come in to, uh, to kill the weeds in my grass, 
and I had a beautiful lawn. They chewed on my, my the weed and my grass. Wow. And it's been a uh, year, and they and they tried to come back out again this year. And then, even though you don't have any grass for them to take care of, no. They, hmm. So what do you what do you need from me, Linus? I need to know what I need to do to get my grass to grow back. Uh, that's a good grass. question. Is is it in full sun or shade or what kind of environment do you have? I, I have Bermuda grass and, and it's in the sun. All, all right. If it's in sun, you could plant Bermuda back again if you wanted to. There's Bermuda seed you can buy at Pike. There's Bermuda side, of course, that you can buy and have it all sided together. So that, if you're not going to go after the lawn care company, I guess it's your job to put the seed or the side down. Oh, okay. I, I put I put some seeds down uh, earlier, and it's still uh, uh, well, I put some seed and some lime. Yeah. I fertilized it down, and it still had not grown back yet. When when did you put it down, Linus? What what date? I, I put it, I put it down in March, March of twenty eighth. Fescue? Did you no, put down said, fescue or did you put down Bermuda? Bermuda. Oh, well, it's too early. Ah, too way early. too early, <laughs> Linus. Um, February, March, even April. All those Bermuda seed looked out, looked around, saw that it was cold, said, "Ah, we're out of here." And yeah. they may not even survive the cold weather, Linus. They may be. Uh, just gone right now. So bottom line, anytime you're planting mm-hmm. Bermuda seed, I think it has to be at least uh, May, May, middle of May, yeah. when it's nice and warm. The soil is really, really warm, and you just oh, got okay. a little bit earlier. Okay, then. I'll I try that then. Yeah, try it in, uh, what, a month and a half? A month and a half yeah. will be, I'm sure it will have plenty of, plenty of warmth in the soil then. Kevin, Kevin's out in Marietta and joins us on, or Alpharetta, I should say, in Alpharetta. Hey, Kevin, good morning. Thank you, more, Walter. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm surrounded by beauty at Pike Nursery. I can't go anything better than that. How can I help you're in, you? You're in a great place. Well, uh, a couple of years ago, I got three Encore azaleas, and I put them out, and they get a mixture of sun and shade like I thought they would be, and I watered them. I've been taking care of them, but uh, they're they're pretty spindly. I don't know if I'm saying it right word or not, but they don't have a lot yeah. of leaves on them. They're leggy, and their yeah. uh, leaves are growing on the tips, and they're about to bloom. So I know that they're mm. growing, but they uh, don't have any leaves on them. Fertilizer. Yeah, fertilizer. I think you I, pay the big bucks for the advice that Mickey and I give, Kevin. I think they need fertilizing, and I'm not convinced that they're dead. I think they're going to bloom, and you may then, during uh, May, June or sometime, have little leaves come out along the base, and that fertilizer is going to go a long way to making them happy. Mickey is exactly correct. And I like think, a holly-tone um, kind of fertilizer or? Sure, yeah. or E.B. Stone yeah. that Pike sells, either one works. The okay. Encores do better in more sun, too, than, yeah, they, than less sun. They like, they love sun. So if I don't and, have, if I do fertilize, I have put some out uh, a week ago before all the rain happened this week. Um, and if that's not the case, would it be a lack of sun? Or are they not getting enough sun, you think? I think I, that could be it. That's what it I found. Possibly. They do so much better over and over again, especially certain varieties. Uh, do better in the sun, and then after they, every time they bloom, you fertilize them again. Okay. So, so I, I tell you what, another thing you can do, mm-hmm. Kevin, if you want to yeah. know when the rains are coming, when the weather's going to change, when it's going to get really, really warm, Kirk Mellish is going to be out in uh, Ackworth at the Ackworth Arts Festival this afternoon, <laughs> and uh, he'll be there from noon to two, and you can go ask him. It's not too far from him. <laughs> I may do that. You may do that. Ask Kirk Mellish and. Tell him I sent you. I right. <laughs> you know what the weather is going to be like for the next couple of months here. we got Francis in Smyrna who joins us this morning. Hey, Francis. Good morning. 
Good morning, Walter. Good uh, morning, Francis. I bought a native azalea up in Kennesaw uh, last Mother's Day. Right. And I planted it, and it died. Oh. And I took it back in July. I bought it in May, and mm-hmm. I took it back, and they replaced it. And, and, and I, I, I believe this one is dead also. So that's not good. <laughs> Are you mixing a good bit of soil conditioner with the soil where you plant uh, the azalea yes. right now? And I, I have a compost pile, and I put some of that in. Uh, but And I have it on the side of the house in kind of a, a, a real shaded area. My, sure. my first azalea that died, uh, um, it was more in, in part sun and part shade. Let me ask Mickey for just a minute if she has any first My thoughts. My question Nikki. is what uh, native azalea you've got. Do you remember the it, name on the native azalea, uh, Francis? Uh, uh, let's see. I've got it here. Um, Lisa's Gold, and it was okay. three gallons. I think that's one of the X-berry hybrids. X-berry, right, right, right. Here's what I observe when you have a plant that's got a real tight, and azaleas really, when I bring them out of a pot, almost always it has a really tight root system. It doesn't want to go anywhere and expand and, and sort of get established, established in the soil. What I see, and I don't know that this is case, the case in your situation, Francis, but what I see is that a lot of people water their azaleas by putting a hose and sort of going over the top of the azalea. When the real way to water azaleas and other things that have really tight root balls in the pot is right at the base of the plant. You put a slowly dribbling hose for a half an hour or so right at the trunk where it comes out of the ground. And that makes that root ball moist. It it makes it real full of water. And watering over the top seems to spread all the water around the plant, but it never gets to the roots of the plant because they're right there underneath the foliage cover. That is a possibility. In both cases, you just sort of sprayed over the top and they didn't get watered, and so they died. End of story. You know, you call Walter Reeves and see what he says. But that's my observation of many times what causes an azalea not to thrive is the root ball just didn't get watered very well when it was establishing. Well, now, on this second one, I have gone out with a gallon of water and, and poured it down in inside. Is it uh, only you know, a gallon, or or is, could it be possibly more? Because I think you need four or five gallons at one time. Oh, really? Okay. Right in there. Yeah. I think okay, that, that to me. But so then did you, you can pop it off, uh, but now down toward the ground, it's still, you know, pretty sturdy, but there's not a leaf on it. Did you buy it at Pike? Don't don't, don't give me an answer uh, if it's no. not Pike. But did you buy it at no, Pike? No, I got it at another uh, nursery. Well, we we don't want to know where you did get it because I know that Pike has a wonderful guarantee. And I wanted to ask Mickey, what if somebody, we won't say kills a plant, but what if a plant does not survive in somebody's landscape twice? Would you still honor a guarantee, Mickey? Yeah, probably. Probably so. If you <laughs> yeah. got a receipt. Yeah, we would. Yeah. We would. It's guaranteed. Usually if somebody's lost the same plant twice, we don't suggest that plant a third same time. Same plant again. <laughs> at the same place. I mean, we don't. Yeah. If you're going to plant it, this, that kind of tells you. So, you, you know, Pike has a wonderful guarantee. <clears throat> the lifetime of 
How long is the guarantee, Mickey? Forever. Forever and ever. Forever and ever. For most plants. But if you've planted the same azalea in the same spot several, several times, then probably you're not going to have good success the next time either, and they might balk at giving you the uh, benefits of that guarantee. You you never balk. balk. They don't balk. They don't even (laughs) wrinkle their eyebrows. They say, come on in with that dead azalea, and we will replace it for you for free. we got Lynn in Hickory Flat, and she joins us on Lawn and Garden. Morning, Lynn. Oh, good morning, Walter. Um, I have a, a moss garden, and it's, it's old. It's at least 15 years old, but I'm still getting weeds in it. And I'm wondering if I could use a pre-emergent or it would kill the moss. The answer is I don't know. I've been asked the question before. And, you know, after all, a pre-emergent is a chemical of some type, and chemicals are not naturally in the environment where moss is trying to grow. And so I've never really known anyone who tried the, uh, the, the pre-emergent on a moss bed to see if it would prevent weeds or not. I would love it if you tried it, Lynn, and it just reported that. Just in an back. area, maybe. maybe yeah, just a little thing. small area, maybe half of it or a little area, a couple of feet square. Use a pre-emergent there when you're doing it on the lawn, put a little bit on your moss bed. But I frankly just don't know whether pre-emergents would prevent weeds and not harm the moss. Well, is this the time to do it? Late. Yes, late. late. You'll get you'll get some crabgrass control because it hadn't been really, really warm yet. But you really need to do it soon. Not I, I, don't delay. In other words, weeds they seem to come up Pardon? in June. Say again, please, Francis or Lynn. Uh, the, the worst weeds seem to be coming up like in June every year. If you have seeds that are germinating on these weeds. <clears throat> Right now, um, they've probably already, some have already germinated. But again, I'm not going to keep you from putting a pre-emergent down right now because I think you would get some, some control. You just won't get 100, 100% control on it. I just don't think you have that much um, um, efficiency and efficacy if you do it right now. Let's go to the phones. Lynn, i got to get out of here. But let's go to one more call before the break. Nancy is in Marietta and has a question about a vine. She's not sure what she has. Nancy, hey, good morning. Hey, Walter. Hey, Mickey. How are you guys this morning? Good. Good. How can we help? Okay. We live near the Battlefield Park in Marietta, and we have a grassy area, and then we have a very wooded area where we put a lot of different plants, and there's this vine, invasive vine, that grows up over its twist around the plants that we have out there, and I literally have to unwind it and then yeah. find the roots, and it goes forever, and it's like, all right, this is a 100 by 200 foot area. Wow. To clear all those vines by hand would take forever. Is there a better way to do it without harming our plants? Do you know what do you, I don't know what vine. Is it an ivy vine, wisteria vine? Do you have any idea what the vine is, Nancy? I have no idea. I know it's not Virginia creeper, although okay. it grows in the same fashion. It's kind sure. of a wispier leaf. You wouldn't know, would you know if it were a wild muscadine? I would not know that. But it, wait, wait till it has leaves that are a couple of inches wide on it and bring a few of those to a local nursery, local Pikes pike. Is, Pikes is close to Yeah, her, Pike's her real Pikes. close to you over in Mary Yeah, oh, the, Vicky, I've talked to you. You are great. I've been out there. So I'll bring, bring it in and show yeah. you. But the, these, the root system, the vine system goes for, you know, 10 feet and you're pulling yeah. up. Knowing, knowing what it is is going to go a long way for us, figuring out exactly what to do with it. Obviously, you can take any vine you want to control and cut it off at the ground level, but if you have a lot of sprouts coming up around it, yeah, I would yeah. still like to know what it is before I really say anything about this is the way to certainly control it the best way without hurting anything else around it. So let's identify it first and either do that at Pike, 
and ask them or come back on the show in a couple of weeks and let us know. We'll try to take a stab at it that way. It's 748 at News Talk WSB. <laughs> this is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. We're having too much fun, basically, to answer the questions here at 7.55. But a brief weather update is going to be pretty nice this afternoon. 79 degrees outside, partly cloudy overnight. Lows about 54, 55, perhaps like that. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Another plant in distress. Judy joins us from Canton, Georgia. Hey, Judy, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Good hey, morning. I have a dogwood tree, and it's um, we moved into this house about two years ago, and so the island that it was in was covered in holly and ivy, and I can't yeah. stand ivy. So I had someone pull all this up, and by the way, the holly does not die. You can just stick it anywhere, as you tell me yeah. all the time. Right. But I think I may have hurt my dogwoods because there's... Um, at the top of the tree, last year I noticed that the leaves looked a little deformed, little. Right. And um, so they didn't. It didn't bloom really great this year. But some at the lower limbs, but the tops. I don't know if it's gonna. If it's dead, I can't tell if it's dead or if anything I can do that can make it happy. Not at this point. If the top is the top, you know, twin, twelve, fifteen feet high. Is that how big the dogwood is? Uh huh. There's nothing yeah. you can do. I mean, all you can do is trust in the Lord and wait and see what happens because well, uh, you are not going to be able to fertilize water or do anything appreciably good for the dogwood tree. You just have to wait and see what's going on. Oh, okay. Does it take, like, a few years or something for it to really... Yeah, I think any years? plant, any woody plant like dogwoods or most, most of the other trees you plant do have a year or two even sometimes of establishment. And so until... You're really sure they're established. You keep watering a little bit. When it's hot, you try to take care of them so they're not under so much stress. I don't know why your dogwood is dying dying at the top, Judy, but uh, there's not much that I can think of that you could do specifically to make it not die at the top. Time, again, is probably the only answer I've got for you. Thanks for calling, Judy. we got to get out of here. I want to remind everybody that the G-Day football game is going to be on your home of the dogs. News Talk WSB starting around 1.30 this afternoon, so stick around for that. Kirk Mallard should be in Ackworth for the Arts Festival this afternoon from noon till 2. You can check around with him and visit with Kirk Mallard, the man when it comes to weather in Atlanta. We'll be back tomorrow, Lawn and Garden, right after noon.